0: Welcome to the Wellness Platform Podcast. I'm your host, Libby Ranger. In each episode, I hope to inspire you to find balance, happiness, and health so that you can flourish in all areas of your life. I'm a wellness coach and presenter, passionate about mind-body connection. Let's motivate you to become the best version of yourself guys. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's so great to be doing a solo episode. I really look forward to doing one of these and I try to do one of these every month. Just pick a different topic and kind of put some ideas together and just chat. I know that I love listening to solo episodes myself. This month I really wanted to do an episode on feeling stressed in the workplace and I thought I should do this because if you know anything about my business or you've listened to many of my other episodes or you follow me on Instagram, you'll know I have a big passion for wellness in the workplace. I go into workplaces, I speak to them about stress, about the mind-body connection, about balance as much as we possibly can, find work-life balance. That's what I'm really passionate about. And I've moved away from more of the neurolinguistic programming and the hypnotherapy, which is how I started out um, in my business. I also do want to do a solo episode at some point about My journey in that, and I get a lot of DMs from young Kiwi women about how I started out and what courses I would suggest and what route to take if you're sort of stuck in a job but you feel like you want to be doing something different or you want to be, you know, maybe doing something similar to what I'm doing. So, I really want to do an episode all about that and kind of just how I found my way with it. But that's for another day. Today I wanted to do, I think it's going to be called six things to do if you're feeling stressed at work. Before I get into this episode, I'm really passionate about all of the little things we can do all of the time. And that's what I speak about, right? Like I'm talking about rewiring the brain. How can we breathe better at work? How can we drink more water? How can we change the response that we have to that person in the workplace that annoys us? How can we turn off our phone and stretch and do more walking meetings and all of that stuff? That stuff is great. But this episode, like that's my thing, but this episode is actually not about those little micro steps and those really tangible things. This is about like a full on evaluation of what to do if you're stressed at work and how to know where that stress is coming from. So I think I've written down here like six con- six things to consider if you clicked on this podcast because it was of interest to you or you are that person that's stressed at work or you someone in your family just hates their job and they come home really drained, maybe there's episodes for them. So these are those six things when you're at that starting point, you want to dive deeper into like this, this life is not that enjoyable. We spend so much of our time at work and it's so important to really dive into, you know, is it sustainable? Am I just going to be stressed at my job forever? I, before I started recording, I dived into all of the statistics online. I found the World Health Organization and I just went really deep on all of this data And then it was just really doom and gloom. And I decided I'm not going to include any of it because we intuitively know how bad workplace stress is for us. There's like, I found like 101 facts, 2022 on workplace stress in New Zealand. And I was like, I'm not even going to quote those because they even make me feel stressed reading them. But all I did want to mention is that there's a whole flow on from it. And, you know, I don't. Again, I don't know the percentage of time that if you're working a full-time job, you're spending at work, but we know that it's a lot, right? It's a lot of our lives that we spend at work. If that is not a great situation, if you feel yourself dreading work every single day, if you feel yourself getting into fight-or-flight response when you're heading into work, when you're on your way home from work, if you never stop thinking about it, this episode is for you because that's just, that's not it. Like, that is not how you want to be living. Having workplace stress might mean that you are, Overeating. It may, might mean that you're undereating. It might mean that you're so stressed you're not um, taking all the nutrients from your food. Maybe you're not sleeping very well. Maybe your period's gone missing. Your reproduction cycle's all out of whack. We know that workplace stress flows into the family life, you know, it flows onto the kids, it flows onto your partner. If you've had a horrible eight hour day, you're not going to come home and be the best partner and be in the best mood and be optimistic and be all of those things you want to be for your family or the people that you flat with or whoever it might be. So it's not just sucking it up and getting on with it for the money. Like, no, I think also you can like with my experience of going into offices quite a lot. Now I've done it for the last three years, some signs that the whole office, like the whole organization, I guess has a stressful environment are things like high employee turnover, um, increased absenteeism, long hours, really long hustle working culture, like people being really proud of how much they're working into their evening and early in the morning, possibly low productivity and efficiency. So it might not be you, it might just be that you're in a workplace that's this is quite prevalent and maybe they need to step back and look at their workplace culture as well. But anyway, I guess my perspective on this is that I don't wanna be, like naive to the fact that I know everyone has to work and if you've got a a job you've got a mortgage it's not as easy as just quitting your job because it's a little bit stressful that's not at all what this episode is about it's just a little reminder that you know as human beings like we're our work-life balance like people think that doesn't exist like I've met people who have said that's impossible and honestly that's ridiculous like Human beings are not machines and it's not our goal. We're not supposed to sit at a desk for eight hours, hate our lives, go home and repeat until we die. And we're just scraping by to buy things. That's, that's not it. There's an epidemic of burnout and stress. And like I said before, like go, go on to the World Health Organization, go on to a trusted site that you go to when you've got a physical condition, and you'll see that burnout is now acknowledged as a workplace syndrome. Um, you can obviously be diagnosed with burnout, stress, anxiety, and depression, and that's not that is not worth a nine to five grind. Like, there's always a choice. I often think like with mental health and physical health you know they both they're both so connected that's the mind body connection we need one we need both to thrive but if you are physically injured you take time off work you know ACC got they cover you you go home and you rest your ankle if you hurt your ankle mental health should be no different it's not okay if it's taking a toll on you and often we can't see our mental health, and so, and we think someone else out there's got it a lot worse than us. You know, I should be grateful, I've got a job, I should suck it up. And so we let it pass us by, and over time, it adds up. The last thing I just want to say before I jump into this kind of steps to consider. Is that this this stuff is relevant? Whether you work for yourself, or you work for a small organization, or a bigger organization, or you work for your family business, your work can still cause you stress, even more so perhaps if you're an entrepreneur, or it's just you, or it's just a small team, or you're you've got a few employees and you're responsible for their, you know, their income. The number one thing to start with is to really find out how your work is affecting your mental health and how it has an impact on how you feel. So for example, this might be like a really common thing that I've seen with a lot of my clients over the years is imposter syndrome. It's not feeling like we are good enough to be in the role, not feeling like we are skilled enough or talented enough to be securing that client. Maybe we're worried we're gonna get fired or that the opportunities are gonna run out or there's not enough work for everyone. These are really valid concerns. You know, what if I don't perform? What if my manager doesn't promote me and my friend who's been here less than me, less time than me gets promoted? You know, as soon as we can identify where that stress is coming from, like if that's it, then there's stuff you can do about it. You know, you could, for example, get a really, really up-to-date LinkedIn profile, keep it up-to-date, get those recommendations on there, put out quality content, keep all of your projects up-to-date on there because by by doing that you're you'll you'll always have work opportunities you'll always have people interested in you. I've only personally just discovered the power of LinkedIn this year, but I know how powerful it is to really capture people's attention when you're trying to secure work. But you know, by doing something like that that will give you a really great sense of security. And that's not to say you're going to go out and quit the job and you're you're constantly looking for a different job. It's just going to like reassure you that this this isn't the end of the world. This job, you know, keep you can keep trying your best. But there's so many more opportunities out there more than you could ever imagine. I feel like people you might I have had people say to me before, like I feel guilty doing that. I don't want to feel like I'm constantly looking for another job. But flip it around in your head. Like it's just good for your mental health. To it's like having a great up to date CV it's responsible. That might not be your reason why you're stressed at work. That was an example. So another example might be a toxic workplace. So really checking in, okay, why does my work stress me out so much? Okay, is it because you're finding the people, your cl- your colleagues, your clients, maybe your managers, are that, is it a toxic place to be? Is that why you have a sense of dread? And again, once we're aware, then we can move to the next step. So if that's you and you're like, tick the box, that's why. I hate the work environment. It's completely toxic. Now you've got the next step is to what am I going to do about this? Am I going to go and talk to someone I trust who I can be really vulnerable with and and let them know how I'm feeling? Or is this a decision I'm going to make to protect my energy? And actually, I don't see this changing in the future. This is the company culture. I am going to start looking for a new job. Or are you, you know, in an office with someone who you just don't think you're ever going to get along? Can you be proactive about that? So this is like, okay, what is my underlying stress? What is the reason I dread it? And what is the next step I can do if I want to be, you know, if I want to take action? You can't find a solution if you're not aware of why you're stressed. Also really important to remember that there is a really big difference between good and bad stress. So, you know, not all stress is bad and not all stress can or should be avoided. Good stress motivates you. It's when you've got those deadlines, you've got tests, exams, you're being asked to speak in front of people. These are those really good situations that are going to create enough stress for you to be able to get through it and do well. That's what, that we need those. We need to get that surge of stress to get us out of bed in the morning. Good stress tends to be short-term, can even enhance and improve our brain function. And when this pressure is on, we will perform. Okay, the stress I'm talking about is that long-term chronic underlying stress where you just feel like tired and wired and you feel like your body's in fight or flight to some degree all of the time or a lot of the time. That is when you, we've got to reevaluate, okay, Where's that stress coming from? My second thing that I would suggest for a stressful work situation is to take time off. And there's, again, there's a whole bunch of statistics to show us that people, um, these ones were specific to New Zealand and Australia. Do not take their time off, they don't book in their vacation. And I'm sure that's probably got a little bit to do with the last few years with COVID. People haven't been taking, you know, week to two week vacations in the middle of the year. Quite often it's because they're stressed, they're too stressed about work to leave work for a two-week holiday. What I would say to that is it will continue. Like your work will survive and you'll be able to go on a holiday and switch off your phone and come back. It might feel like you can't, but you can, you know, it's again, it's like what price maybe you do get a little bit behind. Maybe you miss a couple of meetings But does that mean you have this amazing 10 days with your family, fully de-stress, you sleep well, you come back to the office, re-energized, you're going to come back more productive, you're going to come back more relaxed, you're going to come back with fresh perspective, new ideas, that fresh creative mind. There's no reason why you shouldn't go, only reasons why you should, but we're so conditioned to be these go-go-go robots that actually taking a vacation is seen as like it's not the thing to do. It's more cool to hustle through and work and we need to like step back and undo that. I think also like you know again a two-week holiday it might be the sort of thing that happens once a year and that's all very well. It will probably be a great chance to rest and rejuvenate but You can also, I've been into a lot of workplaces where they're really about people taking personal responsibility. So what I mean by that is they might say, we are more than happy for our staff to take an afternoon off, to go and get their blonde hair done. And we don't, we don't need them to ask us. We don't need them to take that as a mental health day. We just need them to know that, you know, when they need that, they can take it. And so it might even be like, you know, a discussion you need to have at your workplace because so many offices I've been into, they've actually said, you know, we we fully support that. Like if our staff want to go home at 3 p.m. because they need to just like lie on the couch and relax, we would rather they do that. Then they push through, push through, push through, don't take any vacations. are like these really stoic work hustlers and then they crash and burn and that's when we pay the price and they pay the price and everyone pays the price. So take time off, embrace it and know that actually the smartest, most successful people take a lot of rest because it makes them better. It makes them more sharp, it makes them more creative. Number three is I have written down do a life audit. And what I mean by that is to really go deep and ask yourself, is it really your work? Like you clicked on this podcast, maybe you're just listening out of interest, but you know, you're thinking about work. Is it really your work that is your stress or is it your lack of sleep? Is it your sloppy sleep schedule that you're keeping? Is it the way that you're eating? You know, are you not eating foods that are giving you lots of energy and vitality? Um, perhaps, Are you binge drinking too much on the weekends and having these big benders and then coming into work on Monday and absolutely hating it? Everything feels like a drag and so you blame the work. Is it your relationship that's weighing on you heavily? Like, Quite often, work is the quickest thing to blame. You know, again, it's like where we spend 40 hours a week sometimes. In this scenario, it's like you actually have to identify what is it because how can and how can you improve, adjust or edit so that you're no longer feeling that way? And if you're not sure, if you're not sure, is it work or is it just my lifestyle? Then maybe make an adjustment to your lifestyle first and then see if the way that you feel about work changes and maybe you start feeling more inspired and you've got more energy. I think work quite often becomes the blame where we put the feeling which stops us dealing with what is actually behind that. I was also just going to add sort of to that last point but also to this point is like manicures and facials and massages and things like that they're great when you just want to like treat yourself and have a moment and if you've got the disposable income to just do that as your little workplace break then that's great. I fully support all of those things. But I also think sometimes we we can go a little bit deeper in that like if you're actually wanting a physical, mental rest, quite often it's actually like not taking your phone, going on a hike with your best friend in nature, going for an infrared sauna, having a cold plunge in a shower, you know, getting a bit more extreme and really feeling that shift in your body. I know that you might be listening to this or like I've done this in the past. I've been like, I've had a stressful week. I'm just going to go and get acrylics. And then you sort of sit there on your phone in a loud studio with music videos on, mindlessly chatting. And it's like, that's not a break. That's just a treat to smooth over how you're feeling. But it's not actually going to shift something at like a physical level. Just food for thought. Okay, number four is a good one. I love this one. So number four is to become an ambassador for mental health in your workplace. Join the health committee. Join the wellness committee. If there's not one, start one. Again, I go into companies and workplaces, and it's like, I'm going to say 75% of the time, it's someone who has seen what I do, or I'm sorry, I'm not just talking about me, but like other wellness workplace presentations. It's often someone who's seen it, who's not necessarily in an HR or a PNC role, or in a leadership role, but it's like, actually, our workplace needs this, you know, I'm a worker, I'm one of 100, but our workplace needs this, I'm going to put it forward. And I just think, like, I always just love, like, when I'm like, how did you hear about me? And they're like, oh, receptionist mentioned it. It's the best feeling because that person has been the catalyst. People inside the company can actually advocate for their mental health. So say you're you're listening and you're like, okay, yeah, my workplace is really toxic. We have nothing to do with wellness. We have no mental health check-ins. We have no life audits. We have no speakers and no one coming in to inspire us or reflect on our personal lives and our personal stress. Like maybe it's, maybe you could do it. And maybe you could be the catalyst and start that. Like maybe you could put some ideas forward. What do you want? Do you want your workplace to do work? group fitness sessions or do you want them to provide more healthy options in the cafeteria or do you want them to get more expert psychologists and teachers and speakers in like sometimes you know you can be that person and you might actually start what can start to shift into a really great workplace wellness culture some ideas that I've seen people have before is like meditation mondays so you know you might not be a meditation teacher but you might just be like Guys, every Monday at 9 a.m., I'm going to run us through a 10-minute meditation that I found online. You know, getting into those little, those habits. Like, you can become the person that champions that in your workplace. I've done wellness talks with wines on a Friday. That's always fun. You might not actually know what could be possible. And number five is... Oldie but a goodie is to establish boundaries. So this one is kind of like, and what I'm talking about here is workload. I know that's probably, again, sometimes easier said than done. But again, if you've never spoken to a manager and told them, you know, I've got six really massive tasks that I'm working on right now. What's my priority? They might go, oh, hey, Libby, actually the one you're working on right now isn't your biggest priority. You should work on this one. Work on that one in a few weeks time when you've got less. Or they might go, okay, Lib, you actually, you've got a bit much on your plate. I didn't quite realize I'm going to pass this task on to someone else. And, you know, like if you don't speak up or you don't ask, you don't get. I think this also works at home. You know, if you feel like you work all day, you come home and you do everything around the house, you know, maybe you should just sit down and write a list of everything you do in a day at home and work. And just chat to someone, like chat to the person you live with, chat to your boss. Hey, I'm not actually sure I can do any more. I'm not feeling like I have any space in my day to have a mental moment for myself and, you know, go for a walk or bring a friend or, you know, where should I fit this new task in or what can I, what can I forego to fit this in? So that would be the sort of chat that I would start to do with boundaries with workload is actually like, instead of just sitting there and getting given load after load after load after load and feeling like you have to stand up for yourself, set a boundary and say, I'm actually working beyond my capability or beyond what I'm getting paid or I'm doing someone else's role. Again, don't be afraid. Like what's the worst that can happen is that I'm going to lose my job. There's plenty more jobs out there if that's how they want, if they want you to just be worked to the bone or, you know, and that's an extreme. Like you're hardly likely going to lose your job for speaking up about your workload. Like If anything, people respect that more. People respect boundaries. We're just like children. They love boundaries. Another boundary that I would put in, and I've done this with myself a lot as well, is just not comparing to anyone else. Not comparing to people in the workplace. Their performance, their role, their outfit, their, you know, the the work they produce. Like You really have no idea what's going on in people's personal lives. And what I mean by that is there's no need to compare and there's no need to criticize yourself either. There's enough positions, there's enough work, there's enough opportunities without feeling inadequate in you because you feel like someone else is doing better. I think it's just like re-channeling your mind to stay in your own lane. That's amazing what they're doing, but I'm over here doing my thing and it's completely separate. My last boundary, which is like my most important boundary, which I know is like everyone does it, including me, is I just say to really check in on this if you're in a stressful period is do not check your emails late at night. First thing in the morning either, like really do not do that. But if you have to, I think the morning is slightly better than doing it at night. Because if you've got into bed, you've watched a bit of Netflix, you've hung out with your partner, you're feeling quite sleepy, pick up your phone to set your alarm and you're just going to quickly check your, your inbox. And there's 10 emails in there, including a really stressful One, you know, there's been a disaster and we need to have an emergency meeting tomorrow morning. All that does is sink into your subconscious mind, put your body in fight or flight before you go to sleep. And it's just, no, just do not do that if possible. If you have to do in the morning, I think that's better. But if you can, I reckon half an hour before you go to sleep and half an hour when you wake up, no phone, no emails, don't let the world come for you before you have had a chance to set yourself up for a good day and get yourself into a good headspace. Because, if you you know, it's like when the alarm goes off at 6 a.m., if you go quickly check your emails, you're letting everyone else take priority before you've actually got yourself grounded, centered for the day, and then you can be ready for the world's requests, demands, meetings, deadlines. I think we, we know this. It's 2022, but it always never hurts to hear it I I think I always need to hear it is telling someone how you feel really doesn't make you weak don't worry about how it will make you look if you're struggling with something in your life speaking to someone about it is brave and it's being vulnerable is is brave it's going to serve you better than bottling it up and that could be a whole nother episode you know bottling up emotions speaking up speaking your truth making change, being an advocate, saying no, not comparing, this This stuff is preventative. So don't let other people's opinions affect how you feel about yourself. Your feelings about yourself are the most important things. They, the voice that you have in your head is the voice you hear the most, more than any other voice in the world. I think some of us let our whole lives be governed by how we f- others think about us, like what others are thinking about us. And everyone is just in their own head thinking about themselves most of the time. So really just let those thoughts go. You know, if you if you book in a meeting with a manager to tell them how you're feeling and you start to overthink, okay, what are they going to think? They're going to think I'm weak. They're going to think I'm not capable of a promotion. Just say stop to yourself and rewire that thought. You know, I just say stop Libby. That's not useful. Move on. This is preventative and this is actually really brave and powerful and it's going to Help me in more ways than I can ever imagine. I think we need to destigmatize mental health and think about it the same way we would as physical health, especially in the workplace. So I hope you guys have taken something away from this. Um, sorry, I got really passionate there for a second. I, workplace wellness seriously is my passion. I just literally stumbled upon it one day, and now it's like I'm not, obviously I don't personally work in a high stress office, but I do, you know, still experience stress at work. Like I said, we all do. I hope that you've taken something away or maybe something you can just tuck away for someone else that might need it. Let me know if you have any questions or thoughts. If you are listening and you want a workplace chat or you think some of this stuff would be relevant to your office, um, definitely get in touch. I'd love to hear from you and I will chat to you guys in a fortnight. Thank you guys so much for listening, for being open to new ideas and conversations. If you loved this episode, I would appreciate if you could share it around with someone who you think would enjoy it or share it on your Instagram. It really does help me to keep creating the podcast. You can follow me over on Instagram at the underscore wellness platform. I'm always around to chat and love to connect. Have a magical day, tap into your full potential, and see how you can harness the mind-body connection.